Welcome back to the Bite Me Nutrition podcast. Um, it's it's pretty cold today. In, well, it's cold for Brisbane, which um, is probably not that cold. But uh, I'm very excited because it means that um, today I'm talking to you as Winter Jono, um, because Winter Jono is generally happier, more excited, uh, more laid back, whereas Summer Jono is, is cranky and is short-tempered because he's sweaty and hot all the time. So um, the cooler weather is definitely my preferred form of weather it is the better form of weather right because you know if i'm cold i can put an extra layer on um and if i'm still cold i can put another layer on or i can put on a warmer jacket whereas if i'm hot there's only so many socially acceptable layers i can take off before there's nothing else i can do about it right so anyone who tries to tell you that uh summer is the superior season is a fool but anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk to you about today. What I wanted to talk to you about was I'm going to go through a list of, of the top five mistakes that people are making when they first come to work with me, right? So this isn't going to be me picking on those people. They're all very common, very easy to make mistakes. But there are a few, I guess, common trends or common mistakes that people are making that we typically work together um, to unpack first. And so I thought if I could take you through some of those today, uh, maybe some of them would resonate for you and you would realize that, hey, I could probably benefit from focusing on these same things. Um, I probably won't go too much into the practical side of what you can do with each of those. That might take a bit too long. Maybe I'll blow it out into extra podcasts or um, your clever chickadees, clever chickadees. Is that I don't think that's, you, you are smart, so you can have a look through um, and probably troubleshoot some of these for yourself. Um, and of course, as always, if you are struggling to do that, you need some more accountability or you need a second brain to help out, you know, um, you know where to find us. So the, I would say one of the most common mistakes I see people making is no sound plan or structured plan for afternoon tea. I think afternoon tea is a very, very important time of the day for most people. I mean, afternoon tea is essentially just bet halfway between lunch and dinner. Now, for some people that may not be in the afternoon, I'm aware of that due to shift work and things, but just, just in general, that gap from lunch to dinner is often one of the longest ones. Typically, breakfast to lunch is a bit shorter than lunch to dinner. Um, and it's also often in a more difficult time of day, right? Later in the day, we're a bit more run down. Uh, we're maybe a bit more stressed due to our day or we're just a little bit more fatigued. Um, and so we're far more likely. Um, there's also just circadian rhythms that kind of make us drop off a little around three, four o'clock. Um, and so all of these things can combine to make some of our food choices in that window less than ideal, right? Whereas having a intentional afternoon tea snack, a balanced snack that contains a good source of protein paired with either a good source of fiber or a good source of fat or both um, goes a really, really long way to helping you navigate that afternoon window with more energy, a better mood, making better nutrition choices, and also helps get you to dinner um, and then even making better choices at dinner around the types of things that you're going to eat and the portions, because um, rather than having not eaten for seven hours and then trying to make a good decision at dinner, you had afternoon tea, a good balanced afternoon tea a couple of hours ago. And so now you're still hungry for dinner, but you're still in far more control than you would have been otherwise. So I would say not having afternoon tea and or not having a plan for afternoon tea Mistake number one. So please make sure that you're doing that. The next thing, look, these aren't necessarily in any order, but the next one is uh, protein at breakfast, having a decent source of protein at breakfast. Um, and I get it because that's, that's one of the harder meals to, to have a, a reasonable serve of protein at. 
you know, typically at your lunch or your dinner meals, you've got protein by the way of, um, you know, some meat, poultry, fish, tofu, um, tempeh, you know, textured vegetable protein, even lentils and chickpeas. Like a lot of those foods aren't classically breakfast foods, right? Um, or, you know, some of the other breakfast foods that are high protein, say, for example, like eggs or doing like a tofu scramble, that stuff takes time. Um, and a lot of us typically don't have much time in the morning. Um, however, it is a really important thing um, that I would get you to focus on because it it goes a long way to help with energy levels in the morning, um, balancing your blood sugar, which again, r- relates back to energy levels and also relates to uh, appetite and I guess food desirability um and so if you've had a balanced breakfast that includes a reasonable source of protein um all of a sudden your energy uh, your appetite your food choices just go much much better for the rest of the day you don't need more discipline or more motivation to make them go better you've just had a better plan and so i would much rather you focus on protein at breakfast instead of trying to like read a bunch of inspirational quotes and be more disciplined so Get some protein at breakfast. Um, I lied. I said I wasn't going to help with examples, but here are some. Uh, obviously, eggs, yogurt, protein powder. Those are my. Those are probably the big three quickest, easiest options. Um, you know, protein powder uh, in a smoothie or in some overnight oats. Yogurt, whether that be um, a good quality soy yogurt or uh, you know a higher protein dairy yogurt, paired with like you know obviously you want all of those things paired with other fruits or grains or toast and and, and veggies and, and things but um focusing on some of those some cottage cheese some smoked salmon baked beans um like i said the the tofu scramble um or you know even looking at having leftover dinner for breakfast you know you don't specifically need to have breakfast food so those are just a couple of options off the top of my head we've got plenty more that we throw at clients but um, I'm tired. So the other thing that I would say is a huge mistake that people are making is their lunch is too small. Um, especially if you've got this idea of like, oh, I want to lose some weight. I need to eat less. Um, whilst that might be true, there is a difference between eating less and eating as little as possible. Um, and unfortunately I find that what people tend to do with their lunch is they try and eat as little as possible. Um, they'll have a tin of tuna and a salad. Um, and that salad won't contain any kind of grain or any kind of complex carbohydrate no potato no rice no pasta no joy and uh what can typically happen um is that that lunch is big enough to stop you being hungry for an hour or so but it's not long it's not big enough to sustain you with energy and to manage that appetite for a longer period of time right so your lunch should be as big as your dinner. Realistically, it should be even bigger. I know that's not always feasible, but but at the very least, it should be as big as your dinner. If it's not, either your dinner is way too big or your lunch is way too small. Often it's both. And to be honest, one kind of causes the other, right? Because if you're having a tiny, uh, tiny lunch and you're making that other mistake of not having a structured uh, planned afternoon tea, it's little wonder that dinner slash pre-dinner snacks are getting out of hand so again a bigger balanced lunch that is as big as dinner at least as big as dinner that's all i'm going to say about that uh the other mistake i often see people making which is a little bit different but it's not including foods that they enjoy right when we make this have this idea to be healthier and to improve our health for some um unfortunate reason we typically cut out a bunch of foods that we enjoy um i don't know if we're suckers for punishment or something humans are humans we're 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 funny creatures but um the the thing that i would say is if so i'll have people they're like yeah i haven't had chocolate for a few weeks and so unless you literally have decided to never eat chocolate again in your entire life 
your plan needs to figure out a way for you to continue to consume chocolate or whatever your food is, right? Now, the frequency of that food, the portion of that might food of that food might need to adjust as your um depending on your goals and your situation. Sure. But that doesn't mean you should cut it entirely. Cutting things entirely is a really really good way to um overindulge on them at a later date. Um and so that you know there's something called the last supper effect, which you can probably figure out, but it basically you say, right after today, I'm not having any more chocolate. So of course that night you eat an unholy amount of chocolate. Um, and then you, you, you stay strong for, a, I don't know, a day or two or a week or two or, or so, and then you have another last supper. Um, then you stay strong for a week or two and then you have another last supper instead of just regularly including that food, maybe in some, a smaller portion, but um, keeping it on your radar. The second you say you can't have something or you ban yourself from something, you give that food way more power than um, it deserves. And so make sure that your plan of attack for improving your health and fitness and life still includes the foods that you enjoy. Um, and the, look, the last big mistake I see people making, which is sort of relevant uh, related to the, the mistake I just talked about, is focusing on all the things they should remove rather than focusing on all the things that they should add. Um, and so you might have heard me talk about this elsewhere, but it's the difference um, between approach versus avoidance goals. Very important distinction, right? So um, an approach goal is a goal that has you wanting to increase something, do more of something. An avoidance goal is a goal that has you doing less of something. Um, now, you can kind of engineer these goals to end up with the same outcome, and that's kind of the point, right? So uh, an example I often use is, I want to watch less TV. That's an avoidance goal, right? I'm trying to do less of something. Instead, a better goal or better way of framing that would be, I want to read more of my book. I want to hang out with my partner more. I want to go for a walk after dinner. I want to do play more guitar. I want to, you know, all of these things that are approach goals, you know, that have me doing more of something, but they are not framed in such a negative way like those avoidance goals. So if you are someone that has been guilty of, and like, again, like I said, with these, top, these are the reason that's, that's, there is a reason these are the top five mistakes. It's because everyone makes them, right? So if you have some goals on your, in your life or in your head, that involve you doing less of something, I encourage you to just reframe them. Um, there's a lot of, there is evidence supporting that using that language is is actually very legitimate. It's not just uh, airy-fairy, rose-colored glasses, semantics. It actually has an impact. So make sure that you're focusing on what things can I include more of. So I guess in a nutrition context, uh, I want to, I don't know, I want to eat less pasta at dinner. Firstly, I would check with my clients to see if that's even a, a, an appropriate goal. But let's say it was. Let's say that you are having a, a, an unreasonably large serve of pasta at dinner, but focusing on eating less of that versus I want to eat more veggies at dinner. I need to increase my protein serve at dinner. I need to have an afternoon tea so I'm not so hungry at dinner. I promise I didn't even plan that. But there you go. It, it's all, it all links. So making sure you've got an appropriately phrased and framed goal is also really important. So hopefully some of those were, well, hopefully none of them were relevant for you and you're, you're wonderful and perfect, but um, 
go away if that's you because we don't want to talk to you uh us normal humans have probably resonated with at least at least one of those um or maybe more of them and so if they have resonated hopefully um it gets you to take a, a moment and think about ways that you can attack those and focus specifically on those um and if you're struggling with that uh once again like i said you know where to find me but Otherwise, thanks for listening um, and I'll chat to you guys next time.